0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 98 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Alga. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors and writers and directors and filmmakers and agents and managers and producers and personal finance gurus and life coaches and all sorts of people. Oh, voiceover people as well. All sorts of people from all over the in- entertainment <laughs> industry. Someone's going to get
0: forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I let's not. Let's be real about this.
1: And uh, and then we, we squeeze those interviews in between uh, us talking about our experience in the industry, and then we put it out there in a free podcast on the internet for you every week for free.
0: And, of course, as we always say, we are just two dudes with a podcast, so we don't pretend to know everything. We started this podcast because we're looking for the answers, not because we have them. So if you have questions, comments, interjections, <laughs> elections... Uh, evolutions, reservations, uh, contradictions, contestments, that's not a word. Uh, you can reach us through various different ways and starting at our website, insideactingpodcast.com. Y- yes,
1: yes you can um, <laughs> Trevor's so confused right now <laughs> Contestments, that's a good one, I knew what you meant Uh on, on this episode we have part two of our chat with Billy DeMota He's a casting director as well as a musician and a filmmaker And um, he, you know, the first part, if you guys heard it last week, was pretty good stuff We got some great listener feedback about that In fact, we've got some listener feedback on the show about it Yes, um, yes so we are we're, So we're excited to kind of dig into the part two and we hope you are as well So make sure you stick around for that Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 98. AJ, how you doing, dude? A hundred approaches. It. it does. We are two episodes away. We only have one episode between now and and the SAG event thing. Yes, which is a great time to mention the SAG event. Plug, plug. <laughs> yes, uh, March 12th, which is a Monday? Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. at the SAG building in L.A. We'll stick the, uh, the sign-up form, which is now actually live on their website, on the SAG after website, to sign up the event information and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff.
0: Is- yeah, the event has gone live on their website, yeah. we'll post that link on our website. Right, exactly. And we get to correct a mistake that we made last week.
1: Yeah, I think we mentioned that it was uh, at 7.30 30. last mm-hmm. week, and it's actually not, it's at 7 p.m. Uh, if you are a union actor, you can actually RSVP through the website. If you are non-union, you have to RSVP through us, so mm-hmm. we can get the list to them so that they know. I, I'm not, sh- I guess, because if you're union, you... Well, it's or if you're but, non-union, you can't actually sign up for the events mm-hmm. for frat. I'm, I'm not really sure I'm pretty sure, sure how it the works. events
0: through the SAG Foundation are for union members only. Uh, okay. I'm sure Dennis will reach out to us and say if that's right or wrong. Are they making an publish- exception for us then? Or? They are making an exception for us. Yeah, exactly. How awesome They're is that? They're allowing us to invite our listeners, how our awesome guests. How awesome are we? Which is why if you do decide to RSVP, you cannot be late. You cannot n- not come you better be bleeding or dead,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or missing a limb, or, or missing something.
0: a limb or something. Uh, yes, mm. please don't make us look bad. <laughs> cool, or or should I say, I empower you to make us look good. <laughs> <laughs> nice let's, spin, man. Let's keep it in the affirmative. <laughs> nice spin. I like yeah, that a lot. Can you tell I've been coaching lately? <laughs> I like that. That's, that's very good, man. <laughs> thank you, thank uh, you. And then also,
1: we before we we dig into the the meat of this episode, and you probably can pick up the hint of of urgency that we have. We have a very narrow window of time to finish this episode so we're kind of like chugging right along here but uh we did want to give a shout out to rebecca berman who uh sent us a nice donation the other day rebecca thank you so much for your for your uh for your contribution um continued support and continued support yes indeed Um, amen so so what's going on in your world my friend my world is not quite as interesting as your world, I don't think. Stop but uh, I, I have my uh, my first uh, VO to go-go class on, on Sunday That's this, evening. That's yes, this, this, uh, this weekend? It's going to be uh, right. Mastering Cold Reading as well as Mastering Voice123.com, parts one and two. So it's a five-hour wow. intensive. Wow. Um, with, in, with a, now, are you
0: doing this all solo? Like, this he's is not, all solo. He's not even going to be there he's to gonna kind be, of like...
1: Dave is going to be in San Francisco. Wow. So this is, uh, this is my gig. Uh, I'm teaching his curriculum, as it were but you know i'm i'm doing it and you've seen him teach
0: this material before
1: this material i have yeah interesting yeah. okay yeah so so it's it's all based on on his work you know obviously but uh, i'm i'm really honored and excited to be doing it and yeah. there's also a free not free but it's included in the in the price of it which is there's a a a, vo- a voiceover workout so there's like copy that's included with the curriculum materials. Mm-hmm. Curriculum sounds like a weird word for this. Like the handout? Yeah, the handout. And so there's a free on on mic voice workout as well. And I'll be coaching people through that. And I, I'm super stoked <laughs> for it, man. Um I'm actually gonna be having dinner with him tonight and we're gonna chat more about oh, this perfect. this partnership and um really honored to be to be a part of it. So yeah. I've been working on that this week. I've been building up my my Beach Body coaching business and you know, just um, living the dream. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you're starting another challenge group, I think I read?
1: I am. Yeah, March 11th. We're doing an Insanity <laughs> Challenge group. So I'm looking for uh, five or six people who are ready to commit to insanity for 60 days. Um, you'll be coached by me, and you'll have the support of this this small group of people to make sure that you complete the program and get an amazing outcome amazing result
0: so does that make two going for you do you have more going on
1: uh i just have those two the the iap challenge right now which uh-huh. is which is kind of a free for all it's like anybody can do whatever they want as long as they have a goal um but i find that when people don't have a specific program to stick to that they're all doing together it's really easy to just fall off or forget about it or put yeah. things off so yeah. so um interaction and participation on that group is a little spotty. So, uh, I really think myself included, if we, if we all commit to one program and do it together, it's a lot more likely that we'll all succeed. And there have been studies all over the place that, sure. that prove that when people do it together, it's, it's mm-hmm. the likelihood of achieving your goals yeah, is much greater and,
0: uh, accountability and stuff. I mean, that's what a, po- that's what a, you know, power group is all exactly. about. You right? know, I'm glad Master- you said that masterminds it, group. It,
1: it is. It's a mastermind <laughs> group for fitness is what it is. So, um, so, yeah, that's starting up uh, on March 11th. So if anybody listening is interested in being a part of that, you don't have to be local to L.A. You just have to have an internet connection and a copy of Insanity. And uh, if you don't have a copy, contact me. I can get you one.
0: And if you don't have an internet connection, you're probably not listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, so that's my world, man. What's new with you? Um, so I started rehearsals today, actually or yesterday, for um, my gig at the Boston Court. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And I also booked... I don't know how to put this. Those short stories, I booked a, I booked a reading at the Geffen.
1: Now you're going to have to tell me how this happened, which, which is, is really awesome.
0: Awesome. Because it's, that's one of like the premier theaters in LA, yeah. the Geffen
1: and the, the Douglas are like <clears throat> right there in the same playing field. Sure. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very much so. Yeah. That's a good parallel. Um, so for those of you who aren't in LA, there are smaller equity houses, but they are equity houses and they're very reputable equity houses. Um, it's this play called Closely Related Keys, which I've been with basically since the beginning. I did one of the first readings of the of the play, and the writer uh, Wendy Graf is somebody I've worked with on multiple occasions, and she really digs me and digs my work. And um,
1: what, what else oh, have you worked in to, to, on? to oh,
0: uh, yeah. Behind the Gates. Oh yeah, the one um, where you you did like the Russian yes guard. Soldier yeah, guy I did a, a Israeli yeah. sh- soldier a Russian like dude on the street and then a, uh, a an Arabic like business owner or something like that so so to keep interrupting you sorry did um, she contact you or did you just... so yeah so when when she did, when we did the first reading she emailed her and my manager are actually friends as well and she emailed her and asked if I'd be interested um, I did the reading that was back in <clears throat> beginning of december i think and then um yeah she got i mean there's a lot of people who are interested in in doing the production and this particular production company i can't remember the name theater unlimited or something is their name theater unleashed maybe theater anyway they uh are are, are co-producing it with some like new play reading series that they've got going on at the geffen awesome so i am i'm sort of you know, because I had worked on the reading before and being asked on again, essentially asked. So you're invited. You didn't, you didn't I have did to not, audition for I this. I didn't audition. That is like the actor's dream,
1: right? So is this
0: like another example of like maintaining relationships and you know, yeah. it's there, there's, I don't know that there's any big learn here that we haven't already talked about on the podcast other than revisiting that. You yeah. Know, well, it, creating and maintaining relationships is really really important.
1: Yeah, and it's just further proof that the people skills that you've been cultivating in these past <laughs> few months are are paying off. Even though this oh, was thanks, kind man. of prior to that work, um your intention and your your abilities are clearly having an effect.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if my manager was being serious, but she said that uh Wendy had told her that she essentially wrote the part for me and that uh she got really really excited when i was when i agreed to to do it again so you know i don't know i don't know it, maybe it's maybe i'm having a self-worth conversation but I don't, I don't know if all that's true but if it is awesome i'm excited to be on board and um and looking forward to doing our reading at the how gap. cool holy man. crap how cool yeah <clears throat> that's so
1: great well congratulations
0: <clears throat> thank you yeah so i got to uh Reschedule. I was going to teach my digital actor workshop at USC this week. I got to reschedule that because I have daytime rehearsals for the Geffen. It's. Uh, I'm. 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 I'm really busy right now, but it's all acting. Mm-hmm. So mm. I do get to create a balance and create a win-win. And and I. I've been uh, this last week. I was lacking urgency around booking clients because I was up to other stuff. Right. As you know, so this week I got to be like, okay, time to get back on the ball and, and, yeah. and create some urgency around, uh, 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 booking, booking more of my computer clients. So it's cool. It's all going to work out. Yeah. And the other thing, like, I don't know if you, do you get notes from the universe? I just, it's so funny you mentioned that I just signed
1: up, I think yesterday. I'm for so, the, I'm for so emails. glad
0: because I, I got this email uh, this was on February, this was yesterday, Monday, right? So I come into this new week, I'm a little behind in terms of where I want my financial situation to be. So, as in like things are a little t- tenuous right now and I'm like a little freaked out and I get this email from Notes from the Universe. Not having money, AJ, is never the pro- <laughs> is, is never the problem, it seems. First, lack is always temporary. Hmm. Second, change is, is only ever a few thoughts away, and third, it's not like you haven't performed miracles before. You know what? You know honey, what? Honey, honey, the now, universe.
1: Now that you, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I I know why I signed up yesterday. It was because Randy, our mutual friend Randy, who's in my LP, mm-hmm. uh, posted that on his, mm-hmm. on our group Me Chat, mm-hmm. and I saw it, and I was like, "That's amazing! I get yeah. to sign up for this." So it's funny that you got this. You've got the same message that he did that day. And it sounds like it was perfectly, for him, it was perfectly timed. He's got some stuff going on in his life where he gets to create a few hundred dollars pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he did actually, Oh, miraculously in about 24 hours, everything was, was taken care of. Good,
0: good, good. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Um, so we have a listener voicemail from Andy and Andy is uh, a member of our, of our IAP challenge fitness group. So yes. it's really cool to hear his, all I've only been doing is looking at his avatar and <laughs> reading his posts on the, uh, on the Facebook group. So it's cool to hear his voice. He's but like, he, I'm working out. <laughs>
0: yeah. He, he had a response to, uh, our, our last episode. Yeah. It's a direct response to the whole Billy DeMota conversation. So,
2: Hey Trevor, Hey AJ, this is Andy Guion. Um, I'm uh, calling from Florida. thought I should add some uh, East Coast voices to the podcast here. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, just got finished listening to the Billy Demotta Part 1 interview. It was really awesome. And I just wanted to say that um, over here in Orlando, we don't get a lot of um, casting director workshops. And I've only been to one. And it was about... Two years ago, it was Richard Futch, who casts Army Wives from, I believe, North Carolina. And um, him and Kathy Laughlin from Tampa came and did a workshop. Um, It was like $50. And that's actually how I got my first agent, um, because we did a reading from a couple of scripts for them and blah, blah, blah. What you guys were talking about on the podcast sounds like the same thing that they do down here. Um, And about two days later, I got a call from a local agency. Here in Orlando, and that's how I got um, booked uh, with my first agent. However, I'm the only person out of a lot of people that I know who have ever actually gotten anything from a mm. workshop. Now, I know that there are, like, some this weekend, but um, I... Ha- it's. I'm not gonna go to them, and it's uh, mostly because of this.
1: Also from the, oh, no. from the
2: podcast, but also because it does seem kind of shady. And most of my friends also mm. think that it's kind of silly to go and pay mm. for something like that. So good work, and go inside acting uh, fitness. We're on a rest week, so let's rest it up.
1: <laughs> How interesting that he's like. This seems really shady. <laughs> what, what did we do? I'm not there, do- and it's, it was what also we cool- created. It's also cool that he said that his friends thought it was kind of shady too. I don't know if they listened to the show or if they heard that interview, but their instinct, it sounds like, was that this is kind of shady and weird and we shouldn't be paying for this stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and this is so curious because um, my agent is, uh, is big on cash renter workshops. He really believes oh, in Oh, really? Yeah. He really believes in them. He thinks you should take the money that you would put into classes, cold reading classes, on camera workshops, all that stuff, and put them into cast targeted casting director workshops. Wow! Because you know you're not going to book <coughs> something from everyone. but if you choose wisely and do your homework, they do start. He says they work. You know, and he's been in this this industry for years, and he recommends that to all his clients. He doesn't have a deal with anybody. He doesn't care who you go to.
0: See, I would love to have him and Billy sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, uh, you know, that that'd be interesting. Be, moderated by us so that no one kills each other but um (laughs) you know because there i i was telling you before we started recording that i had a conversation i went to the la actor tweet up last night and i had a conversation with somebody who was there i don't want to mention names and he said that exact same thing where he said he went he 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 has used casting director workshops very effectively um he also has the image of billy that most people in this industry do which i thought was interesting what's that just totally demonized he oh, was like, he was like, okay. oh yeah, that asshole casting director workshops. Mm. I was like, wow. wow, give the guy a chance. He really does have that reputation around town, um, <clears throat> and that, that he talks about on on in the last episode.
1: I'm glad we gave him a. We were able to provide a platform for him to kind of articulate yeah, his views. I totally because it sounds like stuff got misinterpreted and mm-hmm. mutated and mm-hmm. whatever, then whispered on the line. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Um, but he said that he went to a casting director workshop and that he was the only one but he, he booked a, a well-known television show from it and also got an agent. Hmm. And so, I, you know... It, but he also said the same thing that Andy was just saying, which is that he was the only one huh, huh. that had any type of success from it.
1: And, you know, that's, that's so weird. When I first got onto LA, my first casting director workshop I ever did, I paid for, I went and I was... Um, We were on a break and, uh, I was just getting a drink from the water fountain or something. And this guy started talking to me and we were just talking, you know, where are you from? Like, who's your Mm -hmm. agent? Like that kind of stuff. And, and I said, Oh, you know, this is my first workshop. I'm kind of new to the city. And, and he was like, dude, and he's like, they can be a pain in the ass, but these things work. He's like, I don't even have an agent. I booked all my work through casting director workshops. He's like, if you just keep at it, they do pay off. But then I have stuff like Billy and my own kind of internal compass says, like, I just feel so gross doing these. Yeah. So it's a weird, like, ugh, which path do you take, you know? Or do you do a little bit of both? And I,
0: I think it would be different if it was free. I don't even think we'd be having this conversation if they were free.
1: Yeah, because that's where well, the well, legal we wouldn't obviously.
0: <clears throat> that's where the legal co- you know question comes in, and I, and it's not like I'm not I'm not a prude. I'm not saying you have to follow, always follow the rules, and like we shouldn't be doing this because. And I'm wagging my finger at you know actors who do. It's just, <clears throat> it's what Billy was saying. Like there used to be a time when casting directors did their freaking job and went <laughs> out and found actors. Yeah. A, yeah. and B even if the csa like the story that billy told even if the csa threw the rules out the window that doesn't change state and i think federal law that say you can't pay like it's illegal to accept money in exchange for potential employment Mm -hmm. which is essentially what they're doing and i think the loophole quote unquote is just that they're not the producers they're the casting directors so they're not the ones giving you the job; they're bringing you in to show you to the producers, and right? Directors. Right?
1: Right? 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 Exactly. It's the illusion, but really, they're <laughs> just they're just the gatekeepers.
0: They're one of many. Yeah, they're yeah. one of many. So I don't know. I'm I'm I I like I said I was very enrolled into Billy's point Billy's argument, and maybe it's just because I haven't had success with casting director workshops myself. Maybe it's because I haven't gone to them in a really long time. I don't know, but I, I would prefer to put my money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, thus is, continues. the, yeah, the debate. I was say, this is a conversation and that just never to, ends. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, and I would love to hear people chime in on, on either side of it. Um, uh, just, just to get a kind of feel, like take the temperature of, of the community. Where are people yeah. with this? i would be really curious to hear, um, who's had success with them and who's been just burned one too many times. Please and uh, let us know.
0: And it's not a black or white issue. It's not like we could like put out a survey and have it be effective or or show us any type of information. It's like you know, would you attend casting direct workshops? Yes or no? That wouldn't give us anything. Even if right. we came up with a you know percentage, it wouldn't give us anything. It's like the yes and why, and the no and why, mm-hmm. or yeah. the maybe and why.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, uh, hopefully that sparks a discussion, and we get some emails and some <clears> Facebook <throat> posts and. All that fun stuff. Careful what you wish for. I would love that, actually, because this is like probably the most contentious topic and the most kind of talked about and, and recycled conversation. Recycled meaning we keep coming around to it. Yeah. Kind of conversation on the show on that note let's jump into part two yes. of our chat with uh mr billy demota casting director musician uh film writer and director and on this section there's a there's a little bit of his of the casting director kind of uh, dialogue but then we also jump into his experience making his film yes so enjoy this guys we'll catch you on the other end Yeah, I was thinking that as you were talking. I'm a big fan of uh, Britt Marlene, who's this beautiful blonde chick who came to Hollywood. She quit her job on Wall Street, came to Hollywood, and got really fed up pretty quickly with always going out as like the chick in the bikini, running from the guy with the chainsaw. Like that was all she went out for. Mm-hmm. And so she started writing her own films, and um, you know they got into Sundance, and then just recently she was in Arbitrage with Richard Gere. And I thought, what a great way to earn your way into right. the industry, right? And that's why that's one of the reasons we're such a we have such a focus on like the, the DIY actor, yeah. the filmmaking actor, the right. content creation. Right. Part. I
3: totally agree. I mean I'm a big fan of, you know, actors creating their own content and I mean, now with so many venues for them to put their work out there, you know, it's it's a great way to get seen. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, the point is is that is that, that that's the way you that's that's the genuine way that you find your way up in, into the business. I mean I think yeah. that's the way that people respect you. When I see some of the, the 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 Facebook pages, and I see some of the actors that are that say stuff like "Thank you so much for that workshop. It was so great. That you were so good. It was. I learned so much." You know, I, I mean, I feel like these actors are like ass kissing, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel bad for the actor because the casting director is putting them in the position. There, the, the actors become the supplicant, and the casting director becomes the sort of. They have this certain, you know, authority over the actor when really it should be, they should be on an even playing field. You know, it's got to be, I mean, one can't exist without the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the symbiotic relationship that actors and casting directors used to share has become so skewed because of money. The two hour, 20 actors getting up and reading scenes in the single session workshop is the problem. Those are those are paid auditions. Those are not, and every casting director knows mm-hmm. it. Every actor knows it. When you go to a class, I mean, there's like Melissa Scoff is a casting director who teaches an ongoing class. She's great teacher. Uh, Mark Teschner teaches an ongoing class. Uh, there, there are a few people out there that the casting directors, and, and casting directors have a lot of knowledge and some of them have a great, um, you know, proclivity for teaching. And so I have no problem with that. There are a couple out there that are, that pretend to be teachers and it's sort of like learn the the audition process from somebody who's been doing it for 28 years, you know? And, and what you do is you learn the audition process for that guy, you know? I mean, I, I, don't don't really really know, yeah, yeah. I don't really know that, 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 that sometimes it, 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 you know, it works across the board. So
1: that's a really good point. I, I the last workshop I went to was uh, God, I want to name her so badly because I don't want anybody to ever take her workshop, a complete waste of money and time. And, um, And the scenes that we read, she had them all memorized. And so she would just sit there like with her arms crossed, totally monotone, just like giving us the lines, like in the most bland way possible. And every actor struggled and I, it was awful to sit in the audience and watch every actor get up there and be like, "Uh, uh, uh." and she'd been doing the same scenes for years. And When she left, I knew I would, no one was ever going to hear from her. And it it, it was, when you said that that's how they're teaching what works for them that's right. exactly what I thought. I was like, I'm learning how to audition for this chick, but I'm learning how to audition with these same sides that she's been doing for five, ten years.
3: Right. And actually, it's probably pissed. just she. It's like it's like a robot, you know. After a while, are you really? She even does she even know that there's somebody
1: there, you know, yes. another actor there? You know? I, I felt like she was looking through me, right? Rather
3: well, than well, you know, I mean, the bottom line is that there are some good teaching experiences that that are out there. I mean, I've talked to some casting assistants and associates and directors that I know that really teach really, you know, ongoing classes really get in there and, and, you know, and they, they do a good job as far yeah. as, you know, imparting wisdom. That's not what most of the workshops are. And I really think those casting directors need to find a different venue instead of patronizing the, the workshop industry, which mm-hmm. I think is really just a scheme, get away from the scheme, find the real education. And, uh, And, you know, if you're going to teach actors, do it in a different place. That's not, you know, one of
1: these places that just charges
3: actors for access.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, uh, your, your foray into writing and directing. Cause, um, I, like I said, I still, I think I was actually online and uh, I had gotten an invitation to film com, or yeah. is that right? It was in, it's in beta right now. And right. they had said, check out this page as an example. And I started watching the trailer and it, it was your film. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's so cool. I'm going to talk to Billy next week. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I really enjoyed it. So yeah.
3: Uh, um, Jonathan, uh, the guy that runs actor rated, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, started a new thing and he asked me if I would put my film up there and I did. Yeah. I've already made yeah. $6.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's a
3: place where P- it's sort of a Netflix, you know, streaming thing for short films, and yeah. uh, and I'll, I think it's have some features in there too. But it's for independent filmmakers who want to get their product seen and uh, you know make a little couple of bucks. I mean, you know, trust me, it's going to take a lot of streaming for me to make any of my
1: money back on this movie right it'll be interesting uh, to see if that catches on yeah but Uh, i think it's
3: a good idea i think it's a good way for filmmakers to get their product out there and it's a good way for you know people to see you know a couple you know some new fun stuff yeah yeah um yeah film screen is a good i like those guys and i like i just like jonathan i think jonathan michelle run actor rated are great
1: yeah we had a partnership with them for a while they were they were really great people So, so talk to us about the process of this. What prompted you to write this story? And, well, first of all, let's let's talk about what it's about.
3: Well, <clears throat> uh, well, well. I'll start with how it started because that'll tell you what it's about. I play in a band, you know. I play I play music. Uh, they sort of come full circle, and now I am playing again. Um, and before a, a gig one night, I was having dinner with an actress friend of mine, uh, Erica Rhodes, and uh, she was going to come see us play, and so we we I got there early, so we sat down and had dinner. And I asked her what she was doing. She said she was studying with Sally Kirkland, private studying. And um, she was trying to put together a story. She wanted to do a little project about her grandmother, who had bipolar disorder, who they just put in a rest home. Um, And they put her in the rest home because she was starting to forget stuff and she was sort of sliding into dementia. And um, when she was checked into the, the, the rest home... They asked her what her name was, and she said, Posy. Out of nowhere. Her name is not Posy. Uh, she just wanted to be called that because it was something that she remembered from her youth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people that have bipolar disorder when they're elderly or have dementia or have Alzheimer's can't remember what they had for breakfast, but they can remember songs that they sang when they were kids or games they played. And I thought, wow, this is what an interesting story to, to kind of develop. You should do that. And why not just send it to Sally? She goes. I don't know if she would do it. So we were having dinner in an Indian restaurant. So that that'll come into play later. I'll tell you about that. So um, so I went and we I, we did the gig and so sort we of kind of forgot about it. One night, three in the morning, uh, you know, my creative juices flowing like they do in the middle of the night. I just sat in front of the computer and and typed for two hours and wrote a fifteen-page short screenplay based on the the conversation we had. And uh, we called it Posey, and uh, I called it Posey, and sent it to Erica, and she said, "I love it. I think it's great." And I said, "Well, send it to Sally." She goes, oh, "I don't think she'll do it. She, you know, she's pretty particular, and you know, she's expensive." I said, well, okay, whatever. So she sent it to Sally anyway.
1: Hmm.
3: Didn't hear anything, so I put a breakdown out, looking for a Sally Kirkland type.
0: So, I can't wait to
3: hear what happened. So Sally Sorry. called, <laughs> Sally uh, called <laughs> Eric and said, I thought it was mine. I thought you wanted me to do it. I thought it was for me. <laughs> yeah. But we weren't sure if you were going to, so Sally and I met, and I'd met her before because I used to teach at Strasbourg, where Sally also taught. And, um, and so we met, uh, again at her apartment and in, in West Hollywood and for three hours, just sat and chatted about the movie with Erica there. And she was sold and she decided she wanted to do it. And, um, so the film is about a woman, uh, Posey, Sally Kirkland, who is suffering from the beginning stages of Alzheimer's, whose granddaughter is, is, has, has the terrible task of finding a place for her to stay because she can't take care of her anymore. Mm. So she takes her to a, uh, an assisted adult-assisted fa- uh, facility. Um, and uh, while the granddaughter is talking to the doctor... They've checked Grandma in. She's up in the room. Grandma escapes. Posey escapes. We don't know where Posey's gone now. Before this, she's had a this really passionate, you know, angry kind of fearful conversation with her granddaughter that she would rather kill herself than be in a place like this and and be a burden on anybody. So now Posey's gone. Everybody's freaking out. Nobody knows where she is. Mm -hmm. She winds up on the beach where she and her husband used to go when he was alive to, I mean, the beach is the metaphor, of course, the ocean for freedom. uh, and she, sun gets in her eyes. She falls asleep and she wakes up and she's in the middle of a Bollywood movie and she's the star of the movie. Hmm. And so it's her fantasy basically, or is it that she goes into a place that's a better place when we think about where Alzheimer patients go, but sometimes we, we we think the worst. It's a dark, sad, painful place. Maybe it's not. We don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go into a, a place that helps them. You know, deal with their environment. In the movie, she. Uh, I'm giving it all away, so now you don't have to go to filmscreener.com and rent it. <laughs> but um, but uh, in the movie, she meets all the people from the rest home dancing in, in the in the in her Bollywood scene mm-hmm. so when she wakes up on the beach and grandma what happened are you okay I'm sure they go back to the rest home and all the people are you know it's like the Wizard of Oz they're all standing there waiting to greet her and you know say hi and she's now home and she's comfortable and that's the end of the movie. Hmm. So go rent it filmscreener. dot com.
1: <laughs> so so let's talk about the experience. I know you said earlier that it was a lot more challenging to direct a film than it is to direct the yeah. casting of a film. Right. So tell us about some of the challenges that Actually, you faced.
3: It wasn't, it wasn't challenging directing. I love directing. Yeah, it was the producing. Okay, stuff the thing, producing. Really was, yeah, freaking out sure. no, directing <laughs> was easy. I mean, I you know putting people in the where, where they belong, giving them motivation, finding you know the the character. That's great. And as a director, I did all that. Understanding where the shots go. I had a great DP who sadly just passed away this last week. He died in a helicopter crash up in Acton. Darren oh, Rizzo. no. Have you heard about the helicopter crash? I did. They were shooting a military uh, doc, uh, uh, sort of a reality show. And the helicopter just, they, they're still trying to figure out why it crashed, but it just 500 feet straight down to oh, the ground. No. He was our director of photography. Amazing man with an amazing eye who shot our movie. And really, kind of guided me through it. I mean, the great thing—if you're a first-time director, it's always amazing. Uh, it's you know, if you if you've got a great DP, and sure I did, and I was lucky did. because yeah, they yeah. they sort of he sort of pointed me in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew what I wanted, and he knew how to get it. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and we got it. It's a great look. I'll, I'll send you the movie so you can see it. Cool. Um, Let I'll, I'll you see it. So, uh, but so every day was was uh, was was wonderful as far as as far as actually directing the film. It's just that getting into you know the editing process and finding the music and um, you know and just the, all the post production stuff, which I was completely you know uh, you know in my, in the dark about. I had no idea about anything. I'd never made a movie before, and I had to rely, thankfully, on my you know relationships I've developed, relationships I've developed over the last uh, twenty eight years. You know casting, but I had a lot of great support and helping people. So oh, I know where you can find a good sound editor. And oh, I know, I know a great composer and I know a, you know, a, a great editor. And so it kind of pointed me in those directions. And thankfully I got everybody to sort of hop on board for not a lot of money and, uh, was able to, to, to finish it up. It was just a lot of mm-hmm. post-production. I mean, shooting the movie took four days, finishing the movie took another four months. So
0: yeah. As it, as these things are want to right. do. Yeah. I think not knowing, not having any idea, Going in actually makes it—I don't want to say easier, but it You're right, it, it, it makes yeah. you more um, motivated. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. No, but basically no. Also, like what happens knowing- is that
3: is that you—it's like you, <gasps> like you don't know what mistakes that you that you shouldn't be making. I mean, you you sort of like it's a discovery thing yeah. along yeah. the way, and sometimes you sometimes you do things. Uh, just from your own natural instincts that happen to be correct, you know, based upon your, your you know, your experience. Uh, and if they're and sometimes you, you, have, you have to go the long way around to get there. But the learning curve is is even though it might be greater is really good for your experience. You know, I mean, for your for your, you know, your life experience. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's no there's no fear. That's I think that's what I'm trying to say is like if you don't know what you're in for. You have nothing to be afraid of. No, so I was the afraid. fear doesn't... I was afraid. <laughs> you were still afraid? I was even afraid though anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <Awesome. laughs> Turn the lights on. Why? Where am I? Uh, you know, yeah. I, it was... It, it, so I, the thing is, is, again, I'm joking, I, I I, usually am fearless when it comes to anything. So I I went into it figuring, I can I do this. this. <laughs> I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of cake. <laughs> and it actually turned out really, really good. I mean, without a lot of fixing. I mean, you know, usually, you know... People, when they go in not knowing anything, you know, they learn, they, they make mistakes, and then they wind up, you know, patching it up along the way to we get to the final and, product. Yeah. yeah. None of that. I didn't have to do any sound editing at the end. I mean, no ADR, no looping, no nothing. We shot on the beach, and the heavens were were looking out for us because... The dialogue was like between the waves. The waves would smash onto the shore, and then the actor would say their line, and then another wave would smash on the shore. And the so I thought, again, of course, I didn't know that at the time. I said, "Oh man, it's just going to be ADR hell. I'm going to have to get do all kinds of looping." It was absolutely perfect. I mean, it turned out great that way, and we got lucky that way with a lot of things. You know, hmm. the suns when we went to the beach that last day was to um, shoot all the beach stuff, and we and I purposely timed it so this we would get a sunset at 707 you know and so way we, we got there at fours because we we're going to shoot for three hours and the sun would be gone, going down we get a nice sunset no sunset right the sun was all gray and it was like you know kind of windy and kind of nasty looking in malibu so we pack everything in the truck and as we're packing everything in the truck the sun dips below the <laughs> the, 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 the the ocean and the sky lights up completely red i mean Every cloud in the sky was like crimson. It was amazing. So Darren pulls all the stuff round. out of the truck. We go back down to the beach. We shoot Sally. She's still there. We shoot her on the beach, uh, walking along the beach. Uh, we get the sunset. I mean, it just – I'll show you before you go. Um, and we spent another hour on the beach shooting the sun as it was going down and lighting up the entire sky. It was just oh, wow. amazing. So, and, and, you know, of course, the next day all over the internet, it was, wow, did you see that great sunset in Los Angeles on Wednesday <laughs> night? Yeah, we were, were there on the beach. It was so great. That's we got, so we Got cool. so
1: lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with art, particularly, it's often helpful to not know what you don't know. Yeah, seen that, that's right? true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so with your experience putting this together as as a, as a first time filmmaker, right? Yeah. What what uh, what suggestions would you have for somebody maybe who's got a story and they don't know where to start?
3: Well, you got to you surround yourself with a really great crew. Mm-hmm. So the support team is really important. Um, you can't just go out and buy a 70 and and have a, a script and make a movie you got to find somebody who knows how to shoot you got to somebody who understands light you got to uh, find somebody who understands sound you have to um, you got to find great talent i mean you know you have a great script and you got great talent is is the start but you got to make them look good so you know and sound good so you know cr- surrounding yourself with a really great crew and and sometimes it's just like finding the the guy who just graduated from film school who, with, with a degree in sound editing who wants to you know who will come to your set who because he because he wants to do sometimes you'll you'll get are really great. Sometimes you'll get somebody that's a little bit, but you know, the thing is is you surround yourself you try try to surround yourself with people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can find people not expensive in this town that will help you put your thing together. But the support team's really important. I got really lucky because I was working with a company called thecastingdirector.com yeah. and um, they make their own movies too. They're they're they make short films all week. They're doing one right now. Um, you know, they have like production teams and people get, so I got a lot of support from them. I got all my PAs came from them. We got some camera people that work for them, uh, that worked for us from them. Um, and Mike Valentino helped produce our movie. So, uh, it, it, you know, that was a blessing for us because, you know, we would have paid, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for the same kind of support in the, Mm -hmm
1: in the real world. You know? you know, my, my experience in this city is that everybody wants to be working on something, right. But so few people have a script or a story, right? So everybody's kind of sits around like, let's shoot something. What do you want to shoot? Oh, I don't know. So, it's like all it takes is somebody to just, like you said, just like even just glean something from a, a short conversation you had over dinner. Right. But just then you got to write it
3: down. Write it and down. And you have to make a script out of it, even if it's a short script, even if it's a five minute script. And right. what I've been finding out now with the festival circuit is that there are so many venues for you to send your movie to. I mean, there are the five minute film festivals. So, if all you can afford to do is make a five minute movie, there's a place where you can show it, there's mm-hmm. a place where you can submit it. There's a million places. For 20 bucks, you can send your, you know, for 10 bucks, for free. There are um, amazing opportunities for you to get your film out there and seen. You can start your YouTube channel, uh, you know, and get your you know your Vimeo channel, whatever, and get your movies up there. Put out a blast, all your Facebook friends, you know, start get stuff to go viral. People see your stuff, and uh, you, know, you got to start with the script though. It's it really yeah. you know the ideas is, is is the seed, and the script is the fruition. You know, so
1: yeah, it's funny how quickly that becomes a stumbling block for people. It's just writing it down.
3: I got really lucky, and I and I, you know, it was like a trance. It was, you know, and I always think because I'm a songwriter too. I always think that you don't really write anything; it's sort of like floating out there, and you just have to know when mm-hmm. to grab it and see it and recognize it. And yeah. that's what happened with uh, with Posey. It was just, you know, I took some of her ideas and my ideas and put them together, and had really a beautiful script and a beautiful story. I mean, it's almost like you know,
1: I didn't freaking write that, but I did, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. the
3: movie turned out really good.
1: Cool. Looking forward to looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, for sure. So we're bam, there it is. (laughs) We're, we're running out of time here. So we like to wrap up uh, with just a couple questions that we ask all our guests and they always end up being really uh, fascinating answers. So uh, bear with us here as we, as we ask you these two questions. The first one is through through the, through the, through the the, the ring ring of the phone. (laughs) The, (laughs) The first one is, is a little out there, but here we go. Do you feel like this industry chose you or would you say rather you chose it?
3: Um, that's a great question. And I think because of my, my artistic nature in the first place, and because of my, uh, my experience in the, in the entertainment business in San Francisco as a musician, I think I'd always sort of, you know, gravitated toward the entertainment business, even in Los Angeles. But I think the reason that I'm in the entertainment business is because I was always an entertainer. I was always an artist. I was always a musician. I was always a writer. And, so, I think I chose the the artistic lifestyle, and I think the movie business kind of, you know, it was like a magnet that kind of sucked me in. So, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I, I don't think the movie business chose me. I think I chose it, but it was based upon my choosing my artistic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, and,
1: you know, sort of calling. Her. Yeah, my calling, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah. You. Right on. Uh,
0: and the second question, I think... And I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I kind of want to get it from the casting director perspective as opposed to the filmmaker perspective. Oh, but, geez. This is going to be, yeah. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? It's up to you. Yeah, both. <clears throat> if you had one, if you could, all, in your 28 years of experience uh, in the industry, if you could take everything that you've learned um, and boil it down to one sort of nugget of advice, what would it be? Uh, it would be to be kind. Mm-hmm.
3: That's the you, get, you start. And I, the reason I say that is because every relationship that I've made in this town that's been a good one for me is because of recognizing that kindness is the, is the, is the glue that, that keeps us all together. You find people that think like you, that aspire to the same goals that you do, that that have the the same philosophies that you do as far as, far as uh, you know the way they treat other people and. You connect with those people. I don't know if you've ever uh, read a book called Think and Grow Rich, but there's a there's a chapter and I read it every year, and I just bought a new copy. Um, there's a chapter in there called the Power of the Mastermind, and mm-hmm. the Mastermind is what you do with your group, and what the Actors Network does, and what the com does is you surround yourself with people that 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 want to get the same things that you do that that's a, that that uh, you know the rising tide that lifts all boats. You you want to make sure that your part of the you know part of the the, the the group that that helps lift you up that, that you that, that you can stand on uh, that gives you a boost you know remember when you were a kid and you get the boost over the fence you know in this town it's so, It's so cutthroat that people just want to stand on your shoulders and then kick you down, so they can get over the fence and fuck you. You know. Mm. So my my philosophy, and and you don't ever be kind because you expect people to be kind back to you. It's not a negotiation. You just do it, and then what happens is that people, you know, recognize it, and I think you open up the the um, the the channels for the kindness to return. So I mean, and I think that it works in, in all aspects of your life, but for the entertainment business, for me you know when there's so much people so many people trying to you know you know stab you in the back or even stab you in the front uh, <laughs> i think it's really uh why not just make it obvious yeah. yeah exactly yeah i just think it's good to 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 you know to to be nice
1: you know when when i first moved out here i got involved with uh, an acting coach uh it was a really unhealthy awful thing but um he he started to introduce me to the people that he knew that were you know in high places and one commonality that I found amongst everybody was that they were the most gracious, generous people. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's successful in this town, in my experience well, not everybody, but ninety nine point nine percent are just the sweetest, the nicest people you could ever hope to meet. Right? And it's, it, I realize yeah. there's no coincidence that they got where That's they true.
3: are. I mean, you get once in a while you get that asshole that you say,
1: "Yeah, how did he get up there? Yeah. Know, why, yeah, why
3: is he so?" Popular.
1: Yeah, but you're yeah. right
3: though There there isn't a coincidence and i think that you you don't you you serve yourself in a negative manner when you don't when you're not nice when you're when you're not gracious when you're not kind and it's not even and you don't even have to try you know i mean it's not it's not something like you have to to push you know i mean it's we're we're meant to help each other i mean that's mm-hmm. you know that's the world we live in you know and although we live in a very competitive environment in los angeles there's no reason that we can't uh sort of open up our hearts and try to help our brothers and sisters.
1: Amen. <laughs> well, yes. okay, perfect way to end no. the interview. It. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, and especially your music as well, which I wanted to ask about, but we didn't have time, uh, where can they go? Find
3: me on Facebook. You can find me, It's, uh, it's I think it's forward slash Billy DeMota. Um, I, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Billy DeMota. Um, or you can email me if you have specific questions at castboy, C-A-S-T-B-O-Y, at castboy.com. Um, and you can find out about Posey the Movie at about.me forward slash Posey, P-O-S-E-Y, the movie,
1: and uh, and you'll learn all about the movie and where it's going so right on and we'll make sure to stick all those links on our website so people can yeah find it easily very cool well billy thank you so much for for opening your home to us my uh, pleasure for sitting down with us that will be our- fifty dollars please
0: yeah oh my god <laughs> you made the joke before i had a chance okay guys welcome back from the Mr. Damoda's house. We did go to his house. There needs to be like 8-bit um, Nintendo music behind how you right? just said that. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> bum, 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 Somebody on the rights. We're going to get sued. Mm. <laughs> dun, Good, dun, job, dun, man. Dun. Good job, Good <laughs> job. I could keep going. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Billy, if you're listening, or you probably stopped after I started doing the 8-bit singing. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, you were awesome. thank you for inviting us into your home uh, and thank you for creating the conversation yeah. on the podcast again um, really appreciate it.
1: You know you know what resonates with me about that last chunk there was when he said uh, when he said sometimes you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. as an artist and that's a really good thing because mm-hmm. you just kind of you know we've said it before in the show fail forward and I've always kind of dug that sentiment. It's like, we're supposed to be, we're all clueless. People just act like they're not, I think, most of the time. <laughs> well, it's like so, what I, I told just, him. Just I said,
0: jump in. I said, it kind, of, it kind of, uh, you know, alleviates some of the fear. And he goes, no, 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 no. I was still a scared yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Yeah. I'm like, well, there you go. There you have it, folks. Yeah. Feel yeah, the yeah. fear and do it anyway. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so let's wrap this bad boy up. I know we only have a few minutes left, so what's yeah. your pick of the week? My pick of the week, um, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's a bit depressing, but it's a very, 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 very good read. Probably one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um, and I read it a few months ago and just never talked about it on the podcast. Um, it's called, um, um, it's called man's search for meaning mm-hmm. by Victor Frankel. Yeah. Um, and The first half of the book is um, setting up the context of the second half of the book. Um, So, the first half is about his stay, his stay, like it's a friggin hotel. He was in a concentration camp. Um, And uh, the reason that he talks about his time there is because it sets up the thinking that he really lands in the second half, which is simply about interpretation and um, and how we um, can be responsible uh, about our interpretation and our mindset in a, in, a, in a seemingly hopeless environment. He created hope for himself, and that's how he and a lot of the other people who survived survived um whereas the people who didn't change their mindset kind of gave up are usually the ones who ended up not making it wow. out um and then he became a very 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 famous uh psychologist afterwards and used his experiences to support other people in changing their interpretations of their lives um, being responsible on how they react to certain things as opposed to being a victim of, how, uh, of, of certain events uh, and in their history and certain circumstances in their lives. So it really is about just um, uh, our interpretation of things and how that supports us in um, moving forward and, and living a more joyous or living a joyous mm-hmm. life. You know, I I have yet to read that book. Kind of embarrassingly enough, um, although it's been
1: recommended to me time and time again, and I'm
0: it's a short, it's a pretty short read. I can't remember how many pages, but you could probably bang it out in a a day or two. It it
1: sounds powerful. And just to clarify, because I don't, I don't think you mentioned this, but he was, uh, you said he was in a concentration camp. But just to clarify for people who may not know what the story is, he was a Jewish man during World War II in a a Nazi concentration camp. Yes. So, so just to set the context a little bit, it, it wasn't just any random.
0: Yes, concentration. Uh, thank you for that. Thing. Often we forget that there have been many times in human history where there where concentration camps have existed. Yeah, including on American soil. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's not you know, it, it, it's interesting because he kind of keeps it factual the entire time. So while you will be obviously emotionally uh, impacted by the events, especially in the first half of the book, it's not. I'm not, it's not my pick of the week because I'm trying to make people depressed. It's my pick of the week because I'm trying to, I want, I want to call people forth to a, call people up to a bigger, a bigger game and living their life in a, a awesome. joyous fashion.
1: I'm going to get that this week. <clears throat> I'm going to, just just based on what you just said there, I'm
0: picking it up. Awesome.
1: And reading it cover to cover.
0: There you go. Uh, uh, how about yourself? Uh, my so,
1: so my pick of the week is a music video. Um, not necessarily a music video, but a recorded music performance. There's a band called Evans Blue. They're still together, but uh, I'm talking about the era when they had this one lead singer. His name's Kevin Madison. Uh, he, they kicked him out of the band, and he went and formed a, another band called Parabell. Um, they're not my favorite band, but I really like them a lot. And his voice, his singing is so unbelievably um, just from the heart. I, I've never experienced a, like a rock singer or a metal singer kind of like, like him. And uh, there's a song that he did when he was with Evans Blue called Beg. And this is—I'm kind of a sensitive guy, so uh, when I used to, when I listen to this song, oftentimes I, I tear up because the way the music goes and the way he sings it and the lyrics—it just kind of it just hits a part of me. Um, and I so I love the recorded version, but I found the the acoustic version they did of some live acoustic show uh, on on YouTube, and it's just so powerful to see this guy sing it kind of raw acoustically. So I'll stick the link on the website. But the song is called Beg uh, Evans blue, Kevin Madison. This is from the Kevin Madison era and it's powerful stuff. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, You're before, alive, before, man. Before, we, before we wrap <laughs> up, we do have a listener pick of the week. We wanted to mention from listener Lee Vang. He's actually, uh, what am I trying to say? He's actually contributed listener picks of the week previously. And this one is a, as a blog post on the casting frontier website. And it's all about how, um, how how um, what's her name? Why am I drawing a blank? Naomi Watts basically started her career and how long it took her and how much crap she had to kind of wade through and and then eventually what what it was that actually helped her kind of find success. So I don't want to spoil the article for people who are going to read it, but uh, it's a powerful read. So make sure you guys check it out. Link is on our website. I think Lee actually posted it in our Inside Acting Facebook group as well. So many of you have probably seen it. But uh, definitely worth checking out. So there's three picks of the week for you. Wow. So, so get busy. <laughs> get busy.
0: We're like reading, reading and orders. watching and listening. Marr!
1: Yeah. Um, so that does it for episode 98. I know you got a roll, dude. So, um, I got to take off. Let's wrap it up, man. Get, episode get, 98. Mm. Lots of ways for you guys to get in touch with us, support us. We won't even go through all of it because you've heard it a million times. Um, hit, hit up our website, InsideActingPodcast.com <laughs> to donate, subscribe, listen, follow, join, you name it, you All can of the probably above. do it there. Oh, call, comment, whatever you know. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. So, so that's awesome. it, Episode ninety-eight. I'm Trevor Algon.
0: I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, see you on March twelfth, y'all.